Tell Susan I'll be right there. Which Susan? Susan Bennett. I don't see Susan Bennett in your contacts. Perhaps you meant one of these. Okay, I'll just Skype her. Thank you, Siri. Your satisfaction is all the things I need. Everybody, welcome to Happy Healthy You, the podcast. I'm Connie Bowman, and I'm so excited about my next guest. You've heard her voice, I guarantee it, on lots of commercials and jingles and on-hold messages, GPS systems, and you name it. And how cool is this? She sang backup for Burt Bacharach and Roy Orbison. But even more impressive and exciting, if you happen to have an iPhone or the new iPad, you may just feel like I do about Susan Bennett. She's my friend, she's my confidant, heck, she's my personal secretary. She is the voice of Siri. Welcome, Susan Bennett. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I love Siri. I use her all the time. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited that the the word is finally out that her voice is your voice. How did that happen? Where how did it happen that you you came out of the closet, so to speak? Well, actually, it took me a couple of years because Siri came out in the fall of 2011, and I finally owned up to being the voice in the fall of 2013. Wow. <laughs> um, it was a, um, I really had a lot of things to, to weigh, uh, to consider as to whether I wanted to put myself in that position. I wasn't sure if I wanted the notoriety, and being a, just a working voiceover talent, I wasn't sure that I wanted to um, lose my anonymity. Right. Many times, especially in this digital age, the only advantage we really have is that people don't really know who we are, what we look like, where we're from, how old we are, all of that kind of thing. They're choosing us based upon the auditions that we do and what we sound like, um, you know, just with our voice. And so I wasn't sure if I wanted to give all that up. Finally, after many, you know, months of wrangling with it, uh, my husband and son both convinced me that I was missing out on an opportunity. And I thought, well, let's see what happens. And so uh, I finally came out on uh, Siri's second birthday, October 4th, 2013. Oh, <laughs> you waited till her birthday. That I was did. Nice. I waited for her birthday. <laughs> well, that's fun. And yeah, you've been interviewed all around. What's been the most fun interview you've done besides this podcast, of course? Well, besides this podcast, of course. <laughs> um, probably the most exciting. It wasn't actually an interview. I, I had the opportunity to introduce Steve Wozniak at a tech conference in December. Oh. And that was just absolutely thrilling. Uh, first of all, because, you know, Apple has really been rather quiet about the fact that I'm the original voice of Siri. And so people have made a big deal about that. And the fact that, you know, Steve Wozniak was sort of acknowledging me gave that a little bit more credibility. And uh, he's just a wonderful person. He's just amazing. He's so approachable, such a genius and such a, you know, world changer. Yeah. But he just sat there just, you know, talking to anyone and everyone who wanted to speak to him. So it was a real thrill to, to meet him and, and introduce him. Wow, that is cool. What a great experience. So I'm, that's great that you came out. I mean, you know, it's time. I know they tell us, don't let anybody know what you look like. Don't put a picture on your website. But, you know... At this point, we are who we are. <laughs> we are the age we are. So well, exactly. That's you. You kind of have to own up to it, and and uh, you know, you are exactly. You are who you are, and 
people that aren't going to be able to take you for what you're able to to do as opposed to how you look. I don't know. Maybe you ought to work with other people then. <laughs> yes, that's very empowering. Yeah. I like that. So how did the Siri gig come about? Well, I didn't realize that I had it. Um, a colleague back in October 2011 emailed me and said, we're playing around with this new iPhone. Isn't that you? And I went, really? <laughs> oh my so I went on the website and, and, uh, and checked it out. Sure enough, I said, oh, yeah, that, that's me. And what had happened was uh, in 2005, I was working with a local company that, that does a lot of on-hold messaging and narration and that sort of thing. And they had proposed my helping them out with some text-to-speech work. And so we worked in conjunction with another major text-to-speech company. And so for about four hours a day, five days a week, for the whole month of July in 2005, I recorded all of these sentences, phrases and sentences that ultimately, part, part of which, you know, ultimately became the voice of Siri. Wow. Tell us about that recording process. What was that like? I mean, how, how does that go when you do voice? Well, it's extremely text? tedious. Uh, I'm sure all of your listeners who are voiceover talent that do audiobooks, that's even more difficult. I think that audiobook producers expect you to work six hours a day, which, you know, those days are over for me. <laughs> right. um, but a four-hour session of just reading sentences that were solely created to get as many sounds in the English language together. You know, so in other words, combinations of consonants, vowels, and diphthongs, so that afterwards, the, the uber geeks could go in and extract the sounds and then reformulate sentences from the sounds that they extracted. This process is called concatenation. And back in the day, back in 2005, those voices sounded like this, hello. Right. This, I'm calling, this is so-and-so. Hello. You know, it was very robotic, very, uh, very kind of ugly. <laughs> and so at the time, that's what kind of made the original voice of Siri pretty iconic, is that she was the first text-to-speech voice, concatenated voice, digital voice, that sounded almost human. And the fact that they gave her a bit of a personality. She totally has a personality. Oh, yeah. She yeah, really she does. She definitely has attitude. <laughs> I don't know where she got that. I, I, she's, <laughs> she's smart and she's sassy and I just, I love her attitude. So that must, I, it comes from you, obviously. So I had a few, a few voiceover friends, uh, a few actor friends who had questions. Sure. And Jesse Teeters is a voiceover talent up in New York. Yesterday, he posted on Facebook and I, I asked him if it was okay if I told you this. I guess it's not a question. Okay. But he posted on Facebook that he likes the way when he asked uh, what the temperature was today, you said, brr. Oh. <laughs> and he wanted to know how you did that. Did you actually say the word brr? How does that work? <laughs> I don't recall actually saying the word brr. If he's using an iPhone 5, 5S, it's probably not even my voice anymore. They've either manipulated it to the point where it sounds completely different or they're using a different voice. I know that ultimately they want it to sound as human and as offhand as possible. I think that possibly since Steve Jobs is no longer involved, I think that they're going for a different sound. 
And, you know, this is just part of our business, of right. course. You know, we, we get fired on a regular basis. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> and, uh, so, and, and things are constantly changing, which, of course, is just part of life in general. But I really do think, because I have a 5S myself, and I speak to Siri, and up until just recently, I've heard vestiges of my own voice in there, but now I don't think so. I think they're, I think they're switching it over. So it's, it's going to constantly morph and change. And I think that ultimately uh, these science, scientists are going to want to go for some sort of artificial intelligence. I don't know if we'll ever get mm. to the level of, quote, her. Yeah, <laughs> which is... Johansson in the movie, her. But right. uh, I well, think that's probably what they're going for. Which brings me to Rick's question. He's, he wanted to know, Rick Kane, he's a local actor. He said, ask her if she's seen the movie Her and how she feels about it, about people, you being the object of people's affections. <laughs> well, I have to tell you that that's one of the strangest things about coming out as Siri, the voice of Siri. I had no idea how invested people were in this app because... You know, I it, it's so ironic that I'm the voice of Siri and I'm just the worst techie person in the world. If there's a wrong button to push, I will find it and push it. And just so I don't really deal very much with Siri unless I just feel like talking to her and, and having some fun with the app. But I don't actually use Siri very much. Um, very sad, but I mostly spend uh, most of my life in my booth. <laughs> right. Voices that are used for GPSs and, you know, Siri uh, informational voices, voices that are there to be strictly, you know, informational. They're not meant to be emotional. They're not meant to be your friend. They're supposed to just give you information. And therefore, they're, they should be, they, you know, up until now, they have mostly just been very neutral and with, with totally without emotion. And so, um, as far as the movie Her, I thought it was, I thought it was a really neat idea. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a beautiful movie. Uh, the colors and just the look of the movie. I thought Scarlett Johansson did a perfect job. Joaquin Phoenix as well. But you know, like an hour into the movie, I'm looking at my watch, going, "Really?" And then it lasted another hour. <laughs> so it wasn't one of my favorite movies. But um, I understand why it's you know causing such a stir is because it really brings up that whole point of can a machine become emotional can a machine actually have a kind of intelligence and so that's that's just another that's that's very creepy to me <laughs> it, it is it is but i'm sure you are the object of many people's affections so i don't know exactly but, um okay so last question caroline wanted to know what about all the stupid questions people ask you and if you had to just record a million answers to so many different crazy questions like Siri, are you horny? <laughs> Did you actually record like answers? No. Okay, so it no, was individual I, the words. The only thing I recorded were, as I said before, the sentences that were created to get as many, you know, juxtapose as many sounds in the English language as possible. So someone went in and there and extracted those sounds and said "brr." <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing because yeah, one time I told you to shut up when you were giving me directions, and I just want to apologize for that. <laughs> but you know what you said? Siri said, I'm just trying to help. And it totally sounded like it was one one long sentence. So uh, When Siri came out, actually, I had just purchased an iPhone 4. And so I didn't feel compelled to run right out and, and get another iPhone 4S. But my husband did. And apparently he had it on a setting where every time he picked up the phone, 
uh, it would say, you know, Siri would pop up automatically and say, you know, what can I help you with? Or so my, my husband got very frustrated because he was in the car and he didn't want to have to deal with this. And so he finally said, you know, um, you know, just just shut up or be quiet. And, and, uh, and Siri responded, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> Just what your husband needs, right? When he's alone without you. But talk about the attitude. One time I asked her, I said, Siri, what are you doing? She said, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I know. She's so sassy. I love her. I know. So I know so many people probably talk to you. A lot of people come to me and say, how do I get into the voiceover business? Like, it's a dream job, you know. Um, we can work anytime we want. We can work in our pajamas. Actually, it's kind of, sometimes it gets really lonely. <laughs> And you, yeah, especially in the last few years, because we all have our own booths and our own systems, and and we're yes, the interaction is gone, which I basically think has hurt voiceover myself. I think it's always, especially you know, in dialogue spots or you know, multiple you know talent spots, it's it's always better when you can have the interaction of the people, and many times uh, you'll end up with a with a, a better spot be, because. You know, because of the improvisation, you'll right. have something that comes up that, that wasn't scripted originally. I agree. I agree. I like going into a studio, but, you know, times okay. have really changed, and I don't know if we're ever going back. So let's talk about some of the great things about it being a voiceover talent and some of the challenges. Well, as you said, the great thing is um, it's it's a, a fun way to make a living. You don't have to work eight or nine hours a day in, a, in an office. Mm -hmm. You can somewhat pick and choose what you do and um, you know it's a lot of fun it's it can be creative it can also be extremely tedious <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but it, it really is a, a a fun way to make a living I feel extremely grateful that I've been able to do that for as many years as I have the challenging part as you said is the isolation at this point and also the fact that you know as with many other American jobs, uh, the internet has really devalued a lot of what we do. And the fact that, you know, we've kind in our culture, we've kind of gone from whatever to it's all good. Mm -hmm. um, anybody with a computer and a recording system and a microphone can be a voice talent, or, you know, they think they can. And so consequently, it's, it's really a crapshoot these days. When I probably, when I was doing the most commercial work that I'd ever done. I was exclusive with an agency here in Atlanta, Atlanta Bottles and Talent. And the producers and directors would go directly to the agent and they would say, okay, who are your top five or ten women in this category? And then you'd have a really good shot of winning that audition. Now, auditions, now nothing is done by recommendation. Everything is done by audition. And when you have to audition against like two or three hundred people at a time, it's like, you know, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we're talking about some little local pizza joint or something. We're not talking about, right. you know, a major. We're not talking about uh, progressive insurance. <laughs> right. And a lot of times timing is just everything, because if you don't get in there in the first 20, 25. Exactly. Yeah. And you have no way of knowing, right. you know, who's going to be in that in that group that gets that actually gets heard. Uh, so it is, it's tricky. It's, it's very tricky at this point in time. Yeah. Um, and I have also found that as with everything else with American workers, the, the, the large corporations are in charge and they are not paying as well as they used to. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, that's another uh, 
you know, it's it's an adjustment. Mm, for sure. That we all have to make. <laughs> How long, you've been at this business for such a long time. You have such Decades. a great resume. How long did it take, do you remember, before you felt like it was a career? Before, you know... Like, how did you get started, and how long did it take before it was a bona fide career for you, in your own mind? Well, I really lucked out because I'm, I started in this business as a singer, and I started back in the day when they actually used to have jingles, and they would bring in a group of four to eight jingle singers, and we would go in there and sing together and produce a song, and uh, so that was very cool, and one day I was doing that, and the voiceover talent did not show up and so the owner of the studio uh, Doppler Studios in Atlanta Pete Caldwell said Susan you don't have an accent come over here and read this and uh, so I ended up reading the copy and doing the the voiceover never having done it before and I went ding 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 I can do this (laughs) and so I took some uh, classes and I found an agent rather quickly and um, and I was very fortunate to start working I I think that you know it's it's very different today. In, in some ways, it's a lot easier. Uh, it's a lot easier to establish yourself as a voiceover talent. Now, to get work, it may be something else entirely. Um, but if people would like to contact me, uh, my website is Susan C as in Cat Bennett.com, B-E-N-N-E-T-T.com. And if you go to the contact page, you can you can uh, reach out to me. And I've made up a little doc to try to help people. I've, uh, so many people have asked me about how to get into voiceover. And I can only advise as much as I know at this point, having gotten started so many years ago. Um, basically, I think the, the best thing you can do is hone your skills, first of all, because uh, having a nice voice isn't enough. You have to be able to read, read in a specific amount of time. You have to be able to act with your voice. and. Uh, you know, so it does, it's like anything else, you know, it, it's a skill, and the more you practice, and uh, the better you'll be, so my advice is always to find a local voice coach, someone that, you know, the union can recommend someone, or, or local talent agents can recommend someone, find someone that, that fits you, and work with this person, and then put together a 60-second MP3, and then as far as getting started, there are all these production companies, you know, Voice123, Voices.com, and if you sign up with these people, you will be bombarded with auditions. And so consequently, you can start auditioning. And the, the best thing you can do is get used to doing auditions because, you know, it, it's difficult. And sometimes you can second guess yourself and, and wonder, oh, gee, do I sound this way? Do I sound that way? And so it's good to practice it and just get it, just understand that you're, you know, putting your best self forward and then just, you know, throwing it away and considering it part of the job. And if you get it, of course, they'll contact you. <laughs> right, right. But you will have the opportunity. I mean, I know a person that was, uh, and it's amazing how many of these folks do go into voiceover, uh, recording engineers. Uh, many of them are also musical. Mm-hmm. This one guy just, you know, he, he could do a lot of different voices and he just signed up on Voice 123. He's an engineer, so of course it was very easy for him to put a demo together. And uh, he started working right away. So the opportunities are there. Um, you know, I think that you have to be really careful about how grandiose your expectations are. Right, that's what I find as well. I... Yes, you really have to 
you have to work at it. You know, it, you might get lucky and get something, you know, right away. But, you know, the main thing is uh, don't quit your day job while you're trying to do this. Um, if it's something that you can do, you know, on your own. And, of course, the better your equipment, the better you can sound um, just not just with your voice, but with the sound that you get in your in your studio. That's also important because if you send in something that's got, you know scratchy or it sounds like you're in a cave, <laughs> right. you know people are going to listen to the audition. They're just going to delete it after ten seconds. So it's it's you know there's a learning curve, but that's, it's it's not totally impossible. And if anyone would like to to reach out to me, I'd be glad to send my little doc of, in, <laughs> of oh, information. that's awesome. Yeah, because I know I figured if if a half a dozen people talk to me every year about it, then you must be inundated with. Uh, people asking about the business but the cool thing is every voice is different and everybody has something to bring to the table so exactly it's it's pretty cool how about upping the game if if we're somebody who's in the business already like like me you know now we're expected to have these home studios and expected to be able to edit things have changed so much do you have any advice for people who are sort of in in that stage of the game where you, you might have some clients but you know, things could be better. Maybe the sound could be improved or do you have any recommendations generally? Well, I think that, you know, you can always just stay in touch with people that, you know, professional people that do have, uh, you know, bona fide studios and have exper- experimented. I mean, you can just go on the web and, and look into things like that. There are, you know, I'm sure there are chat rooms with people talking about this kind of thing. Um, you know, you really do need a decent microphone. But I think that some of the uh, recording equipment has, you know, the, the pricing has, has really come down a lot significantly. And as long as you can, I, I remember the first job that I did just on my own at home, I just put up some little, you know, baffles and threw a blanket over the top and mm-hmm. <laughs> sequestered myself in there with a microphone. So, you know, if you can kind of listen to the sound that you're getting and if it sounds fairly appealing to you it's probably going to be okay um, and then gradually as you you know as you start getting jobs and start making money or you know save for this kind of thing if it's something you really want to invest in you know a lot of a lot of times a, a, a good source for this kind of information about voiceover work in general is just you know look on the web for talent agencies you know often mo- most times model and, and acting agencies also have a voiceover department so you can check with those people you can check with the local sag after office that and uh, they should have some references awesome awesome and the cool thing is there's so much more work for women nowadays than there ever has been i think are you finding that um it kind of it kind of depends i suppose the fact that there's so much work for on hold messaging and the kind of things that people used to associate with female operators in the past you know, mm-hmm. is, is now, has now translated into some voice work. But um, after the Siri revelation, I was able to um, get an, an an agent in Los Angeles. And the first thing he told me was, well, there's not very much going on for women. Oh, I, I hate when I yeah. hear that, but I, yeah. I don't believe it. I refuse to believe it. Well, you know, I've, I've seen quite a few auditions from him. So, you know, it's really hard to say. Yeah, well, we can hope. A girl can hope. Exactly. <laughs> now, this podcast is called Happy Healthy You, so we have to touch on what you do to stay happy and healthy and whole in mind, body, and spirit, because you have to take care of your voice, first of all, but you also have to be kind of well-rounded and whole to, to do this kind of work. 
and stay right. sane in between gigs, right? Yes. Well, I think as far as just physically, uh, for a person like myself, I, I have to battle allergies um, that affect my voice. And so um, I found a wonderful doctor here in Atlanta who was, uh, he's, an, you know, he's a bona fide physician, but he, he really thinks outside the proverbial box. He, he concocts his own antihistamines and that kind of thing. So he, he kind of combines AMA and herbal stuff. And he's, he's really amazing. And he discovered that I had this, you know, all of these food intolerances that I never would have dreamed mm. that I had. And uh, when I stopped eating those things, boing, my voice got better. Um, so you really kind of have to know yourself, I guess. And you know, there are little tricks that you can do. You know, drinking a lot of water is, all, is always very good. Don't do any dairy. <laughs> right. um, and, uh, you know, try to try to just stay as healthy as you can is, of course, going to affect your voice. But for me personally, there's also a proper way to use your voice. And if you're talking just hour on end incorrectly, uh, it, it is going to it is going to hurt you eventually. And so it's always important to remember to use that old diaphragm and not just try to push everything up through your chest. Um, so that's why I really do highly recommend vocal coaches, you know, people that really can tell you how to physically, physically use your voice correctly. And as far as dealing with the ups and downs of the business, I really don't, I've never completely let myself think about it in that way. Uh, I knew from the get-go that it was an up-and-down business, and I knew from the get-go that, yes, you might have these fabulous jobs right now, but next week you may have nothing. And you really have to do you really have to do a little bit of you know uh, psychological work on yourself to not let yourself get into the place that oh I'll never work again right <laughs> right because sometimes it feels that way. There's a, a program, a documentary on, on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's still on there, but it's called um, That Guy in That Thing, and it's a story about character actors and all of these actors that we recognize uh, from so much work in you know movies and television. But they talk about this one guy said that he had he was on five programs. He had five programs going at once, and he was just, oh man, I'm all set. Everything's great, and uh, and then just you know for one reason or another they they went away, and he didn't work for 18 months. Oh. So I guess the the bottom line is, uh, you know, unless you're just you know inherently fabulously wealthy. Uh, don't spend all your money. <laughs> Save some of it yes. for those weeks when uh, when you feel like you can't buy a job. Yes, yes, absolutely. So for more information about Susan, you can visit her brand new, awesome website. Your website is beautiful, by the way. Thank you. A, a, a guy named Matthew Armstrong in Dallas, Texas did that for me. He's a videographer, photographer, and uh, web genius, and he he really did a wonderful job. Yeah, and it's Susan C. Bennett, Susan C. as in, what does Cat. C stand for? Cat. Yeah. <laughs> Susan Cat Bennett, Susan C. Bennett dot com. Yeah, right. it's really nice, and your pictures there, and your Siri, all your Siri information is there, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. it's fun to read about you. So let's see, what can we say to Siri? Let's see, can you say thank you to Susan Bennett for me? You're welcome. What? Oh. <laughs> Sometimes Siri is just 
I don't See, know. Connie, listen, I have to tell you that, that you know, sometimes she'll just ignore you and don't be offended. <laughs> oh, but she's my friend. And I'm so glad that the real Siri is now my friend. Thank you so much, Susan, for coming on the podcast. I really oh, appreciate I it. it. Thank you. And it's so interesting to hear your story. I think a lot of people will be inspired by it. So thank you so much. And, thank you. you know, voiceover is such a thankless job. So I think we should all give Susan a big round of applause. Thank <laughs> you.